It never gets any easier. Hello, everyone. Uh, welcome to the podcast of the nerd. I'm Ian, and my brain is pudding. Uh, seriously, I cannot think straight today. You know the feeling when you've been sitting in a hot tub for 30 minutes, and you climb out that mushy, like, brain dribbling out of your ears level of uh, thinkability with the word parts mouth stuff? That's been my day uh, the entire day today, which is why I'm now recording this in the evening and uh, did not get to do a game stream, but I'll tell you about that in a minute. Um, how are you? Did you have a good New Year's? Happy New Year's. Um, today, I'm planning on incoherently rambling at you over the following topics. I published Untouched, Angel Season 2, Episode 4, The Guide for Untouched last night, and uh, weird that the thumbnail gets cropped on YouTube. I That's another reason I've been a little bit brain dead today. For some reason, after, uh, you know, sort of, it, it's, there's always a slow build up to the script outline and then kind of letting the ideas percolate and then, okay, let's sit down and start grinding and get the script done and then recording and then we edit it and then, okay, there's an edit session for eight hours and everyone, you know, I do it in the live stream and people are watching and then there's an edit session the next day and, oh, we're so close, I just get it done and published. So that the next day, I'm just kind of mentally burned out um, and that's today. But goals for the year uh, must stay focused. Definitely want to keep uh, the podcast rolling and on a regular basis. So, Untouched was yesterday. I thought I'd talk a, a little bit about my thought processes with that episode and what I thought the focus of the video should be and kind of how it turned out. Um, I wanted to do a quick resolutions update. Last week I, I went over some statistics from uh, 2000. What year are we? What time is it? Um, 2018 and no, 2019, and uh, then went into some of my goals for 2020. As you are my accountability buddy, I uh, uh, thought we'd do a, a quick check in on some of those. Not anything close to what um, I spent time on with it last week. And I thought it would be interesting to respond to a couple of comments. Uh, I've gotten some emails, uh, and um, there was a comment on one of the videos that I thought it would be interesting to to bring up. It's also kind of relevant. Uh, it was a comment on Bushwhack that's sort of relevant to Untouched. We'll get into that. Um, after that, I'm going to roll a new adventure for Ad Saturday Adventures of the Nerd. Wait, what did we what, what, what do we call it? Adventure of the Nerd, and then. Um, the actual important things. Continuing our fanfic reading from Here Is Gone by Terry Boda. All right. So, yesterday I got Angel uh, Season 2, Episode 4, done and published, Untouched, the story of Bethany. Now, anytime an episode like this comes up with confronting topics, and for some reason there seems to be a, an abundance of them in Angel versus uh, Buffy. Although there are a couple in Buffy, certainly. Helpless, I knew, was going to be uh, contentious for some people. Anyway, if you're listening to the 
if you're listening to this instead of watching it on the YouTube channel, I just made a frustrated face. So, you know, there's a whole bunch of stuff. Um, kind of, I, I, I've talked about, you know, I'm raised by a single mother and have two sisters both older than me and two stepsisters and, um, you know, you, uh, you sort of consider yourself um, feminist by association. <laughs> now, bear with me. Here, wait, let me explain. Uh, what I mean by that is sort of like if you just look up the definition of classical feminism, um, you know, believes in equal rights for both genders. Of course I believe in equal rights for both genders. Boom, I'm a feminist, done, uh, and that's it. But certainly uh, writing the episode guides and getting into the show and stuff required me kind of going, okay, let's go a little bit farther with that. Let's, uh, let's try and understand this material through the lens of someone other than uh, a middle-aged white guy with four older sisters who's like, I have sisters, see? Uh, uh, what's that thing um, we're constantly torching politicians for? I think it's reprehensible that this happened to her. I have a wife and four... No, no, it's it's because you're a person and that we shouldn't do that to people. <sighs> anyway, I'm really tired. <laughs> My brain is so worthless right now. I'm so sorry, guys. You might just want to skip ahead to the fanfic reading. Um, anyway, I think Helpless was the first one where I was sort of like, okay, there's a lot here, and I want to do it justice, and I want to to get into the material and honor the characters and the people who see themselves through this character as opposed to just consuming it from my own personal perspective and and uh, limiting myself in that way. And it, I was very nervous and Helpless has a, like a whole, the whole cold opening of the Helpless video is me sort of prepping everyone for like, okay, I might get stuff wrong. In fact, it's very likely that I'm going to get stuff wrong. So, like, don't consider any of this uh, set in stone. Here is the perspective that I have cooked and baked through the ingredients that I've gone out and found and try thought that I tasted good together, that I thought um, was honest. And, uh, you know, that also changes over time. So, um, Helpless was the first one. There's been a couple of them with Angel and then certainly this one with... Um, Bethany. The episode does an incredible tightrope in the, that scene with Cordy holding her accountable, which is also empowering, is so great. Um, you know, Bethany, Bethany talks in the scene with Angel in the bedroom about men think I'm so helpless. They love it. And Cordy doesn't treat her that way. You know, Cordy, uh, Cordy speaks to her like an adult, um, and, and just asks her to own it. And, um, you know, the, the, the first time I watched that episode, um, the, uh, which was 2011, 2013, that, that, that 
the episode is so uncomfortable. Just not strictly because of that, that, but because that scene, if you're if you're if you're not looking closely, to me on first blush feels victim blamey, and um, you know, uh, delving into these topics uh, can sometimes feel uh, exploitive if it's not done right. Um, and, but the more I've, as I said in the review, the more I've watched this, the more, um, I feel like the episode does Bethany justice and, um, is brave enough to not just make her the victim, but, uh, it's just so good. It's so good. Anyway, um, but regardless, I'm always trepidatious because I know there are people who, you know, um, identify with Debbie in Beauty and the Beasts and and whatever my perspective uh, from the standpoint of how I feel the storytelling is executed, I realize that that, that is a thing for people who have um, dealt with, um, you know, what Debbie went through. Um, and you want to honor that, but you also, that's the thing is you want to do the material justice, but you also, uh, want to be honest. I've made videos that I think were dishonest, uh, you know, that where, where I was, I heard so many voices of subscribers that I had become familiar with in my head that I didn't separate out my own and make that the voice of the essay, um, I, I truly believe that I think people would rather have have me make a video that they disagree with than one that is just lukewarm and um, safe, I think. Um, that's my theory. Anyway, regardless, the comments so far have been overwhelmingly positive and, um, you know, shockingly vulnerable. Um not I by the way the cat is going bananas because it's bedtime of course she's going bananas now is the time to have zoomies and run around and jump on things and knock things over and tear down the green screen um the level of vulnerability that people are willing to bring to their comments on the channel is sometimes i mean often uh astounding to me um how open people are willing to be, uh, especially on freaking YouTube of all places. But the fact that there's a corner of the internet that where people feel comfortable uh, and brave enough to be so open is it's such a gift. I mean, I don't know what to say about it even. It, it's, uh, you know... I think it was year two or three people started sending me letters about their personal experiences and, and just all, all demons they dealt with and, and things they'd had to conquer. And, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm weird. I, I, I started making the channel because, uh, I needed to, not because I wanted to be, not because I wanted any, like I didn't, uh, I don't want, uh, I don't want to be public. I don't want to be, uh, 
you know, I'm, I'm, I'm an outgoing introvert maybe where it's just like, I like my privacy and a lot of time alone and whatever. And when people were reaching out to me with these stories and stuff, initially I didn't know, know how to take it. Um, but now it, it's just, it's so incredible that this thing exists, that these shows exist that are, 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 are permeated with these sorts of resonant themes that, 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 you know, connect to us so individually. I, uh, and that the channel exists where we can explore those, not just, um, you know, not just, just, academically what is this about and how, how what does this mean and so forth i always try and say okay well here's here's the definition of this and here is the here are the rigid and 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 here's the themes and the structure and so forth but it's also important to then make it emotional again uh, uh, here's why this matters here's why this matters to us here are here is is we can examine this academically, but there's something lost if you don't then return to, if you don't then bring uh, emotion back into it. Uh, oh, here is the, here's the soul, uh, you know, of, of the art. Um, and it took me a while to figure that out, I think. But the fact that this community is so kind and so compassionate and so... Uh, to the point where people can uh, can expose a vein to you know I do it but that's because I'm compelled to um so anyway I don't know I don't know what to say about it, it it's 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 gonna be something that I um that is it's always gonna be a lot I guess but um it's I have my own selfish and personal reasons for coming back to this and sitting down and recording and writing and whatever. But then there are moment there are things that that show you, oh, this is why this is a benefit besides to me. And and that's important and um I just I wanted to acknowledge it. Um there's a lot in the video. So so just kind of running down what I thought uh, was significant, or like the main points that I, I hope stand out in the video. Uh, the first was about dissociation. Um, Bethany is a single episode character, and Bethany is written in a way that doesn't elicit. She's not a damsel, right? And and I thought it was important to mention that I I think I love that the episode is make, willing to make her unlikable, but because she's a single episode character, bringing faith into the conversation and comparing um, uh, the expressions of faith, uh, uh, the expressions of faith's trauma and struggle and and all of that, I thought was important so that. You know, maybe someone who didn't have that experience and also maybe felt a little alienated by um, Bethany's character. It's not enough to look at, look at this episode and say, that's a lot of yuck. It is. But, you know, it, so let's get into it. Let's talk about it. And and so I wanted to make the, the, the comparison to Faith's backstory because we have developed a connection to that character. We have 
um, gotten to know faith and empathize with faith, especially in 555. And so that connection, I hoped um, for anyone watching the episode who maybe hadn't connected with Bethany would open that up and and um, let us get into the ideas of dissociation and, and uh, all of that. I wish I could have done more, but, um, you know, there's... There's always Buffy season six. Um, second thing was the mirror of abuse to Darla and Angel. Uh, there was a very heated comment on the last Angel video I did. I think it was First Impressions is the name of that one that that was incensed that I didn't bring up that Darla was raping Angel. Um, and my response was, what is the next episode about? Um I don't think it's coincidental that Bethany's story occurs at this juncture in the arc. I, I feel like it's at least partially an acknowledgement by the writers that, yeah, this is gross. Like, this is not uh, sexy. This is a violation. Um, you know, and, and sort of it's a retread of just turning Angel into a vampire um, originally. And... There's a wonderful scene coming up where uh, that is also in the the um, audio for the opening of the episode guide this season, where Angel uh, Darla says uh, calls what she did a gift, and Angel says you damned me, um, and I think that's relevant here. Um, so I I. I definitely wanted to take that time to acknowledge it. And visually, the way that sequence is edited is you have um, her trauma, Bethany waking... Sorry about that. Forgot to turn off all of my devices. God, I am the worst podcaster in the world. Um, Bethany waking up in bed. Then you see Angel in bed. And then you see Angel's um, trauma. And so uh, I love that visual. And that's actually... uh, Some people wonder how many of the, the visual edits and stuff I are in the script versus I come up with on the fly while I'm editing. I thought that visual connection between the two of them was so important, but I caught it while I was editing. Um, which I think it works better just showing you rather than telling you. Um, so I actually, I'm happy with the way that worked out, but I, I do love finding stuff like that in the edit and going, oh, that that is a wonderful way of making that connection. Final point was Angel's command to Bethany. I left that a little bit ambiguous because I have not been, I mean, I feel like it's a spoiler to explain exactly why that moment is significant. And uh, I have not been... This has been an interesting season because I'm not I haven't uh, been sort of openly throwing out well this is the main theme of this season and so on and so forth because Angel stated it explicitly in um Gingerbread on Buffy and he says it again in Epiphany. So if I'm to I I would just be restating that and the the approach that I've kind of been taking is sort of saying this is a piece of foreshadowing this is a piece of uh, this this is look look just remember this moment and um, 
there were some great comments on the video about that. Certainly, I uh, the way I cut it and cutting to black and me sort of doing drama man voice, uh, it had an impact, and that that was as it, it was intended. But there were some gr uh, great comments on the the video about it, suggesting that Angel was trying to empower Bethany, 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 uh, to let her make her own decision about her father. Um, and certainly there's a parallel in this episode to I Fall to Pieces, where Kate gives Angel the she-needs-to-get-her-power-back speech, and, you know, he sort of cheers her on uh, at the end of that episode. Boy, is Untouched uh, a better version of all of this than I Fall to Pieces. And I think those things are true, and I love that, that you know... Um, her father may be one of the most vile uh, side characters in the Buffyverse, other than Orin. Not Orin. Um, Orin? Oh, I'm the worst Buffy commentator in the world. Hold on one sec. Um, everyone, you're shouting it at me right now, I, but I can't hear you through the radio or headphone. What do we what do we call this? I don't know. Uh sorry. This is the this brain pudding. Uh, I take no responsibility for it whatsoever. Warren, not Orin. Warren. Um Warren Bethany's dad and maybe Buffy's dad from Nightmares. <laughs> the worst characters in the Buffyverse. There's probably uh, one that I'm, I'm uh, missing right now. But the shows philosophically have an approach to killing a souled being. And as much as vile and disgusting and, and uh, as much as we hate that character and there is as much had she let him hit the pavement there would have been as much love lost uh about that as the two rapists in the alley that were crushed by the um the the dumpster ethically there's still a question there about um you know justice versus i i think that the show the shows would have something to say about that which is partially why she catches him at the end um, you know, the, the, the alley is self-defense. Her dad is not going to overpower her in that scene. So she chucks him out the window. Um, this vile, disgusting, terrible human being and catches him. And there's a, a, an ethical reason why she does so because it reflects on her character personally. And so when I watched the, the, in a grand scale. Again, we're in touchy territory here, and I, I understand that, so please take everything I'm saying with a grain of salt. But um, when I was watching the episode, I was just struck by, one, the way uh, Angel was framed, two, the way David Boreanaz plays those lines, which is why I cut back to the prodigal, because he's not saying, Bethany, you have the power. Use it. He's saying, Bethany, you have the power. Use it. That's so general. That's so vague. And we know where the arc of the season is going. Um, that to me, it feels like foreshadowing. It absolutely feels like um, 
especially given the parallels between her father and Darla uh, that they were setting up, it feels like that is implying something is all I'm saying. Um, so yeah, anyway, I hope I didn't again, step in anything there, but, um, I'm just trying to explain why that final moment, uh, why I felt like that was something to highlight. Either way, um, it seems like the video is landing with people and I'm happy about that. It's always nice. It's been like, I mean, honestly, ever since, um, when I talk about, uh, talked last time about the, 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 Um, the right, the quality of the writing versus total output. Like I, I do feel like things have just been clean lately. Like, um, and maybe that's just by virtue of getting to spend enough time with the script where previously I was cramming writing sessions into a weekend, trying to edit everything all at once. Like now having the, uh, spending arguably too much time with the script, uh, each time, lets me reach a point of comfort with it that I didn't before I quit. You know, there were good, there were good videos obviously before uh, September 2018, but I I've been overall pleased with um how things have been coming along since then. So, that's it for um untouched if you have anything you want to throw my way about it, let me know. Uh, leave a message in the comments or shoot me an email. Uh, response to this discussion, uh, other than comments on the video specifically. So, I, I keep saying quick, and nothing I've been doing uh, on this Pudding Brained podcast is quick, but uh, I wanted to run through uh, the resolutions I set up last week. Keep myself honest, you know. Keep my accountability buddy up to date. I'm not going to do this kind of update every week. I think it would become insanely tedious. But I thought so quickly after New Year's, it would be a good way of keeping these goals fresh uh, so they don't instantly pass out of memory. 21 days to form a habit, all of that. So last week I broke down um, resolutions by five categories. Just Let's just pretend it's five categories. I think it's five categories. Um going back there so the uh, lost my place first category spiritual um i said i wanted to start the morning with a meditation practice practice easy accessible 10 minutes i would guess i'm one for seven on that this week um it's been the usual issue i told you about i can get a good meditation habit rolling when i'm in a rut but when i'm out of it and just trying to crank it it always gets pushed to the back burner. Um, it's one of those, it's like, you know, I'll, I'll do it. Just, I'll do it tomorrow. Uh, so it's been very easy to push back. I still need to make uh, a better uh, effort on this one. And it's possible that actually doing that this morning would have saved the work day today so that you were listening to this in the morning instead of, what is it, Tuesday morning for you? Um, hi, by the way, how are you doing? Anyway, need to make a better effort. Uh, I'll aim for at least a 50% completion rate uh, this upcoming week. That's my specific measurable result. Next category was relationships. Uh, speaking of specific measurable results, 
I didn't set any with this goal. Uh, this was probably the worst goal on the list. Man, is online dating a lot like going to the gym? Everyone wants the results of the gym work, but a lot of us just get our gym memberships and then go and stand there staring at the gym equipment going, oh, what the hell do I, what, where, what do I do? Where do I start? That's a lot like scrolling through a whole bunch of profiles. It's a gauntlet. I'm not complaining about having to online date, mind you. I know some people have it much tougher than I do, and everyone is lonely. Um, even people in relationships get lonely. I, I've said in previous videos, I said in what wild at heart means to me, I'm actually, I actually like, I, 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 I reached a wonderful space of peace with my own loneliness at some point where it's just like the problem with loneliness is believing that it's something that needs to be cured or something you have to do something with. It isn't, you know, um, it doesn't mean anything. It doesn't, mean that you're worthless. It doesn't mean that you're not worth loving. It doesn't mean that you suck. It doesn't mean that nobody wants to date you. It doesn't mean any of that stuff. All of that is, I'll speak personally rather than telling you what you think, because I don't know what you think. All of that is was me feeling the sting of loneliness and believing it needed to be cured, and I had to figure out why it was happening. And, you know, I was lonely because I was lonely. I was sitting on the couch next to a woman I loved, and I felt lonely. We were having problems in our relationship, I, and and I wasn't communicating, or I was I was depressed, or whatever it was. But like, it is something that you can just be comfortable with. It's not. It it, it can something. It's something that can be left alone. And um, um, you know, I've said that this year. It's I'm that's I'm moving away from that. But you know, um. Where was I? I, I guess I, I, I'm starting to understand the allure of speed dating. <laughs> you know, if online dating is the gym, like, so that you can get to coffee, not a relationship. Dear God, that's a nightmare to even contemplate sex. Jeez. Oh, my anxiety just went way up there. No, like coffee and conversation. That's the, the gauntlet you're running to get to at the other end. Like, or rather, like, online dating is, that's, that's the destination. That's the goal. You know, a human being. Um, you know, you don't have, uh, so with speed dating, there's an actual human being sitting right there. Let's just have a conversation. You don't have to pour through profiles and find three things to ask them about. And if you're a man, send enough messages to get past her, is he a murdering psycho with a bag of fingers in his closet test before you get to go have a cup of coffee? That's all I'm saying. And I feel like I don't want to be negative anymore, so let's move past this topic. <laughs> anyway, specific measurable result. Um... This category feels so weird to apply to, but again, it's like the gym. I'm not applying. Uh, I'm not applying it to a relationship or a person or anything. I'm applying it to the gym of online dating. Uh, so let's say ten. Let's be ambitious. Ten messages by next Monday, uh, sent by me, and reply to anyone who writes me. Women have been messaging me. I've just not taken the time to sit down, open it up, and uh, reply. I have such a half-track mind. Okay, uh, financial category, third category. Um, I did as I said I would. I eyeballed the budget. 
And can I be honest with you? I am so... I'm so dumb with my approach to finances, not finances themselves, but I'm not just talking about boats. Like, I'm not talking about how I spend money. Spending more time fearing them than just addressing them. Do you ever do that? For weeks. Every time I've thought of, like, November, September, October, November, I mean, it was probably part of the rut. Um, Every time I thought about the budget, I got this terrible feeling in my belly, like, I don't know, I don't know, and then I put it off. It got so bad this weekend that I I, I couldn't sleep. I was um, dealing with some insomnia, and I finally just said, forget this, there's no way the figures can be worse than all the nonsense, you know, crappy scenarios that I'm making up in my own head, because I don't know the actual numbers. And they weren't worse. Uh, I got up, sat down, spent 20, 30 minutes pouring through everything, you know, calculating everything, figuring it out. I went, oh, okay. Now I know. Such a waste of emotional energy. And it sneaks up on you, too. You know, you do the budget. I don't know. There's probably other things that this is like. Uh, calling your parents or... Uh, Maybe going to the gym. I mean, anything that, that, that requires a certain amount of effort. Like, I've, I've been running, which I'll tell you about in a minute. But I, I had that experience uh, today where I was like, God, I don't want to go running. You know, and then I, I, I spent more time feeling anxiety about going and running than just going and running. And then got up and went. And I was like, oh, that was so stupid. Why didn't I just go and run? <sighs> anyway, uh, putting brain. Moving on. Money, things are tight. They're going to be. I knew that was uh, the case when I made this decision. Uh, but I know what the numbers are now and can make peace with it. Such a waste. All right, professional updates. Goals were one episode every gu- uh, one episode guide every two weeks. Keep the podcast weekly. Grow Patreon uh, and some stuff for later in the year. This category is looking better than the others so far. Untouched was two days late. Um, my goal now is every two weeks on Friday. Um, I'm I, I'm giving up on... I've been flogging myself for two years trying to get the weekly done, and it's just not happening. So uh, aiming for two weeks every Friday, the Friday before uh, the Hangout, the Patreon Hangout. Uh, Untouched came out Sunday. Still a vast improvement from previous months. Uh, podcast, you and I are speaking now, so podcast is solid. And as for growing Patreon and the channel, I need to spend some time figuring out how to do that. Uh, I set some ambitious growth goals for the channel this year because, damn it, this is the year of the van. Um, But last year, uh, there were two videos that represented the bulk of the new subscriber growth, uh, and neither of them were episode guides. Which is fine. Like, um, the episode guides are the blood of the channel. They, they are the reason that the bulk of the subscribers... Uh, the bulk of... I don't know if you're a subs- subscriber. If you're listening to this and you haven't heard of my channel, Passion of the Nerd, maybe go check it out. <sighs> Putting brain. Um, I know that, the, the, like, the, the you know, the, the 
the thing that pe- keeps people connected and, and the thing that maintains the community and all of that are the episode guides. But last year, two videos were responsible for like 75% of the subscriber growth, and neither of them were episode guides. Uh, Lonnie and I may not be doing Nerd Shipper anymore, and I'm trying to get some momentum back uh, and focus on the episode guides, but I think I'm still going to need to think about non-episodic content this year. If I'm going to get van numbers, van numbers. All right, personal personal goals were I'm going to write a novel. Number two, the aforementioned van, a uh, Dodge Promaster, since you asked. Number three, um, dry January and February, no booze. In aid of number four, weight loss and fitness challenge. Uh, and finally, number five, finish five story-driven video games and ten books. So, number one, write a novel. My friend Lonnie is a New York Times best-selling author, an English professor, and also, um, what do you say, owner and sole proprietor? Chipperish. You know, Lonnie. Uh, I reached out to her last week and told her I wanted to pick her brain about good habits and how to get started with writing, uh, uh, writing a novel specifically. And I also invited her to come on this podcast for a chat about writing a first novel, getting started, um, all of that. And she said, yes. So that'll happen shortly. I don't know why that, why did I make that so awkward? Pudding brain. All right. Number two, uh, you already know about number three. I attempted to get up, uh, so dry, uh, January and February. I tried to get uproariously drunk for new year's. And instead got sleepy and went to bed. Uh, The next morning, I donated the remainder of my wine and whiskey collection to a roommate who is not doing dry January and February. And that's been pretty much the end of it. Um, I mean, just kind of reflecting. So, I mean, I don't know if this is a represent. I don't know. Um, it's something that I've, I've been up and down with and all around with since college, you know, it's been almost 20 years. Um, you know, and you just, uh, the past week I've missed having a glass of wine or 12 twice since, uh, new year's. One was when I was editing because I really enjoy video editing with wine. Um, and the other was just kind of out of sheer boredom. So I just went to bed. Uh, but likely because of that, I've lost about seven pounds since, uh, I weighed in on the 31st. I, I weighed in at 295, um, you know, uh, down about seven right now, you know, water weight and all of that. I understand. Um, but I have been weighing myself every day. I know you're not supposed to, they say, but I kind of like the data. I kind of like just knowing and the habit of it, the practice of it. Um, starts my day off by thinking about it. Like, okay, so let's make some good decisions. Let's hit the uh, intermittent fasting target and and do all of that. Like, I, I just don't flog myself with the information. I guess it's sort of like the lonely thing. It's like, it's just a number. And now I do with the number what I want. That's just me. Um, knowing is better than not knowing. Uh, you know, there's my weight. There's my finances. They're both just numbers. Anyway, um... So I'm doing intermittent fasting with that. Uh, Fitness Challenge, three friends and I signed up for Whoop, uh, which is a fitness tracking kind of deal, and we're doing a a competition. 
I, I think it's hilarious that we signed up for this because I guess this is for like actual athletes and we're not that. <laughs> um, I love to win. Like I've, I've been on a few runs this week. I, I'm, I signed up for the Boulder Boulder, which is a f- famous Colorado 10 K, you know, and I, I, I've been, I did not run last year. I maybe went to the gym five times. So I'm out running and it's just, you know, it's a lot of, it's a lot of Ian shaking around and, and sweating and just tired and exhausted and, you know, just mouth, droopy mouth fly catching the entire run, you know, and I look at the stats in whoop and it says, uh, uh, recovery runs like this are really good for when you, you, you do a real run, you know, it's so patronizing because it's not actually intended for, uh, you know, someone like me, (laughs) Uh, I don't find it insulting though. It just made me laugh. Um, three runs in this week, two miles this morning, that two run, I I thought you were supposed to exercise in the morning. So I went running this morning, uh, Cherry Creek bike path around here and it was a good run. I, I was actually astonished how much improvement there was from the previous, uh, run, but I have been useless today. Just that coming out of the hot tub brain melty kind of what is going on uh i i have not been able to bring it back maybe i overdid it uh maybe i should get this kind of thing done first and then go for a run anyway that's where uh the goals stand so far maybe we'll do a once a month uh update i love new year's resolutions maybe we should have like monthly resolutions or something um, but I do, I, I like the, the, the structure, um, that this is initiated for the start of this year. No flogging, you know, it's, it's multifaceted. It's, it's, it's not about what is currently inadequate. It's just about goals and aspirations. And, and I find that inspiring. Anyway, enough of that, uh, comments and email. I received so I wanted to run through a couple of uh, uh, a couple of emails I received and a comment on uh, the bushwhack video. So I received a lovely email from Stephanie. I think that's how you pronounce it. I, it's just an unusual spelling, Stephanie. If I'm butchering that, I apologize. Uh, Stephanie shared with me her goals for the year. I'm not going to share all of them with you because I'm not sure she wants me to. Except for the fact that Stephanie wants to read 50 nonfiction books this year. Good, good God, Stephanie, that's that's amazing. Uh, please just make sure you go outside. I have people tell me that all the time. Um, anyway, Stephanie writes, First, I want to thank you for doing the podcast. We are close in age and similar in places in our lives, and listening to you reflect on your journey has helped me feel less alone and, as a result, more hopeful. I hear you, Stephanie. Um, and Stephanie, I loved all your goals. Uh, like I've said in videos, uh, when you get to be our age, the places where you meet new people are church and work. Um, so I like the first part of your plans here. As for number seven, I hear you. Um, I was just thinking about it, and I think the the trap there, and I fall. I don't know the history, and I don't know anything that that I, you know. I don't know. 
But I, but um, the thing that struck me is I think the trap there, and I've fallen into this myself, is that even something aggressively unhealthy can be comforting and familiar. Um, the devil, you know, can at least be planned for. Uh, and I, I personally think that's the trap. Comfort is can be such a rash, and it's uh, in any sense, you know, uh, accumulating enough items, accumulating enough nice stuff that that it becomes difficult to make a change, uh, even if the change is healthy, because you're risking comfort. Um, uh, for me, it was there was there was a. Uh, I think I was in my early 30s. No, it was it was it was a little bit later after that where where I I I started mentally to to distinguish between comfort happiness. By the way, Stephanie, I'm not suggesting you have this problem. I'm just speaking personally. Um I started to distinguish between comfort, happiness and meaning. Uh and 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 happiness and meaning can be synonymous at times, but meaning is often not very happy. Meaning is worth suffering for, um, and meaning is where um, growth occurs. You know, and comfort is this kind of. I mean, I'm not. I'm not going to talk about capitalism and consumerism and all of that. But like, certainly, you can't sell meaning to a person. You can sell an experience, and you can sell stuff. And so, um, personally, I think we're all kind of channeled towards. Comfort and consumption, uh, which I talked about in the video. But either way, Stephanie, I'm very far afield um, now. I, I, uh, there's just some of the thoughts that came up when you were talking, and um, or rather when you were talking in my head while I was reading your email, putting brain on my part. Um, and the unknown just takes raw, unadulterated courage. So I, my thought was, if you tackle the rest of that list which is a bunch of new and taking plunges and pushing yourself, it'll make number seven a lot easier. Showering in newness and and the unknown, um, embracing it. Or, you know, uh, maybe you're not like me and can just rip the Band-Aid off, in which case, more power to you. But either way, I, um, uh, I really appreciated the email. Kevin! Kevin sent me a very kind email. Um, I had mentioned one of my goals was to speak at three Comic-Cons this year, and Kevin asked if I would consider Dragon Con. Kevin, definitely. Um, I've never been to Georgia and would love to. For me, though, the cons that I'll end up uh, speaking at this year will mainly be determined by my budget. Uh, it's easy for me to hit cons in neighboring states, but my margins being what they are... Uh, if I'm funding the trip the to the convention myself, I'm pretty limited. It's happened before where I've been invited to speak at a convention, and part of that was covered by the con itself, which I'm grateful for, but without that, it can be tough. Uh, unless, you know, we reach van levels of subscribers. JWR on Discord wrote, I quite like Bushwhacked, but I never really bought the idea that witnessing reavers makes you a reaver. Uh, it's kind of like saying psych psychopathic violence is catching, which is the metaphor, which I would say is the actual metaphor. Um, and of course, later in the movie, we get a different explanation as to what causes the re reavers. My headcanon for that, by the way, uh, JWR, is um, the the uh, 
it's catching. You know, reavers have been shown to make reavers. So uh, metaphorically, I think they, they stand for um, legacy violence passed between people. And, um, but, um, along with the idea of freedom and freedom without conscience, which I talked about in the, the Bushwhacked review, but uh, my headcanon for the way the reverse infection works in the movie and how that worked in Bushwhacked was that the dude caught it. Uh, the dude on the ship caught the, the infection that they have in the movie. Anyway, um, JWR, we chatted briefly about this on Discord, uh, but I think you bring up an important point that's also relevant to Untouched. Um, and I didn't make it clear in the Bushwhacked video because I think it actually becomes clear during the Firefly arc. So I do believe that violence can pass along through generations. Studies show that school bullies very often come from abusive backgrounds. Sometimes victims of abuse repeat the same patterns of their abusers. Um, and I think from the standpoint of that metaphor, Mal's statement about the Reavers works. But I also showed Mal, I, I compared Mal to um, the survivor on the ship and the Mal seeing the valley fall and he was made to look and so forth. I absolutely think that that character, the survivor, is, is, is a parallel. So then there's a question of, well, why, what is the, what is the, what's the difference then? Is it in all cases that seeing the Reavers turns you into one of them? Uh, no, of course not. Um, Mal and company see Reavers in the movies um, and they don't turn into them. So um, I don't want to get into exactly what I think that means and, and uh, because I, I, I honestly think it's in a strange way, it's kind of what all of Firefly is about. And Jess and I are cultivating that reveal in the in the um, in the scripts. But think about where it ends up. And um, in the Bushwhacked review, I said the Alliance and Reavers were opposite ends of the same spectrum. And in the middle, choosing and rebelling were Mal and the crew. Um, and in the Serenity movie, as Mal might be losing his way, Book grabs him and says, I don't care what you believe, just believe something. All of those things tie together in my head. Um, but again, in the movie, they see Reavers and don't turn into them. So uh, I, I, I read it more as a metaphor than, than literal, but also literally possible. Um, and finally, in the viewer mail, uh, Kevin from Recti VPN team asks me if I would be willing to advertise their services on the channel. No. All right. Thank you for the emails and comments, everyone. Uh, if you'd like to reach out, you can shoot me an email at thepassionofthenerd at gmail.com. I get lonely, as we've talked about, so send me something to read. Um, ha! <laughs> so no Patreon hangout this Saturday, which means it's time to roll a new Saturday adventure of the for the Saturday adventure time. No. We don't want to get sued. I'm going somewhere on Saturday. So um, this is where I use a random number generator to pull a page from the Lonely Planet Colorado guide. And whatever city I pull, I'm going to Saturday, and I will document the trip on Instagram. So 
The last one was Minturn, Colorado, which I talked about last week. And um, the Instagram story is still uh, is archived on uh, Instagram. But I got a couple of good pictures and, and um, talked to you guys about the experience. This I'm thinking this is probably one of the parts of the podcast that is the least fun for you guys, but it's one of the most fun for me. All right, so we have our uh, random numbers. The actual part of the book is uh, page 56 to 338. Saturday, I am going to page 68. Um, now I'm nervous. There's anticipation. Uh, <laughs> Denver. <laughs> okay. Or Highlands and Platte River Valley specifically. Five points in, in Denver. Okay. So Denver's huge. Um, and this book breaks Denver into sections. And so there's a whole bunch of specific things in Highlands and Platte River Valley. Where Cherry Creek and South Platte River meet is the Nexus and Plexus. Really? Nexus and Plexus? Lonely? Lonely planet? Uh, I guess I did say carry out the trash in my last video. Uh, Nexus and Plexus of Denver's sunshine-loving culture. It's a good place for an afternoon picnic. And there's a short whitewater park. For kayakers and tubers. I'm a tuber. I don't think that's what they meant, though. All right. Um, so if you're interested, it's Instagram.com slash Passion of the Nerd. Uh, a buddy asked me to actually vlog that day. It's it's a lot of extra work. Um, I'll think about it. That uh, uh, might be a little more interactive and, and might make this section a little more fun. But... Yeah, again, I, getting back to it, I, I, uh, I got to make the podcast fun for me. Um, yeah. Oh, so Instagram.com. This is those are some of the shots that I took from Mintern last Saturday. So uh, this week, just quick notes about the upcoming week. I'm working on the script for No Place Like Home, the Buffy episode, uh, and we'll hopefully have that video up for you a week from Friday. Will be the target. Excuse me. Um, because of this mental stupor. Don't, why, do, why do people run? I didn't get this evening's game stream in, so uh, I've been playing The Last of Us. That's part of the Play 5 Games thing. Um, so I'm, I'm going to do it tomorrow, Tuesday night. Uh, and Jack and I were not able to hook up for movie night while he's in Sydney. So the List of Shame movie project is just going to be... He told me to watch a couple without him. I don't want to watch him. I, I'm not watching anything without Jack. Um, it's going to be on hold until he gets back to Melbourne in February, and I will remind you then if you're interested in following along. I've also had people ask me if he's safe, because the whole of Australia is on fire. It is an insane tragedy, uh, and if anyone's in that region, uh, we're thinking about you. Um... But yes, he is, and he said uh, thank you um, when I mentioned that a couple of people had uh, reached out to me. Before we get to the fanfic reading, I just want to let you know I'm Ian Nitram on Twitter and YouTube.com slash Passion of the Nerd. If you'd like to support the channel and keep me flush with spicy chicken sandwiches, you can do so at Patreon.com slash Passion of the Nerd or by grabbing yourself a shirt. 
at uh, passionofthenerd.com slash store. My favorite is still the Sisyphus uh, Passion of the Nerd design that was submitted by um, a viewer, and I don't have her name uh, with me, so I apologize. All right, let's do this. Oh, I forgot to get a, an image up. Um, what are we doing here? Buffy. Spike season five. No, it was season four. He returned to season four. Yeah, that that's very sultry. Damn, James. What is? How do you have a smolder? Huh? Is it? Do you just naturally have a smolder? Like, is it the is it the cheekbones and? Uh, I want to have a smolder. Maybe I don't know. Maybe I don't want to have a smolder. All right, let's. So, um, last time, Spike, who had been uh, ensouled by the demon at the end of season six, wished that he could go back and change some things, and the demon sent him back to. Season four, where instead of him turning down helping Buffy find Riley, where she tore the money up and threw it in his face, he agreed to help and helped her find Riley in the caves. Here we go. So this is chapter four. Spiky, Harmony's voice intruded upon his thoughts. Aren't you coming to bed? He put the journal down as the vampire Pyrus glided into the room, dressed in a silk nighty and sheer robe. He gave her a weary glance, mentally shaking his head. I have to get her out of here. Not right now, love. Not tired. Harmony leaned over his shoulder and nibbled on his ear. But I need you to keep me warm. We can't keep each other warm, Harm. We don't have body heat. We're dead, remember? She giggled. Doesn't mean we can't snuggle and make make other heat. He took a deep breath and let it out on a count of three. Maybe later, love. Harmony whined and pouted. You've done nothing but write in that damn book ever since you got back, she huffed. It's important, love. I told you. I'm making plans. Plans to kill the Slayer? She asked, hopefully. He gave her an evil smile. You know me too well, pet. He lied. She grinned and clapped her hands. Oh, can I be the one to kill her since you can't bite her without getting, you know, zapped? I'd let you have some, too. Ignoring the revulsion he felt at the idea, he managed to keep his smile. You're too good to me. Oh, it'll be so fun, and after the Slayer is dead, Sunnydale will be like... ours. That's right, love. Now you run along to bed, and I'll join you later. Placated, Harmony kissed him and hurried off. Don't stay up too late. I still need my blondie bear to cuddle. That was a weird reading. Right, love. Be there soon. He answered absently, waiting until she'd gone to bed before picking up the journal again. He'd been writing for hours, pouring his memory into the stolen black tome. He had learned much from Dawn during the summer of Buffy's death about what had happened and the events that had occurred during that horrible year. Now he had the general gist of events and a tentative timeline, but he wasn't sure of exactly when things were going to happen. He knew that soon Buffy would cast an unveiling spell that would reveal Dawn's true nature and have her first run-in with glory. Shortly after, 
Glory would send the Leoc demons after Buffy, and Glinda, afraid that the Scoobies would discover her demon, would cast her spell of non-seeing. He was of two minds as to what to do about that. He knew he couldn't change things too drastically. Then would come Joyce's surgery and the, the Queller demon. He made a note about that. If he was lucky, he could get the demon before it hurt Joyce. But then he remembered that the Queller had struck during the day. Just have to be in the house again, Sol. After that would come the snake demon. Be at the magic box. Take it out before it sees the niblet. From there, he wasn't sure what to do. He knew that he wanted to prevent Buffy from discovering his attraction to her, and thus prevent the whole Buffybot fiasco. But that would also mean that Glory would never get him, and he would never suffer the Hell's Bitch torture. And while he hadn't really enjoyed getting carved up and beaten to a pulp, his refusal to give Dawn and Buffy away had scored him major points with the Slayer. I'll just have to score points with her in other ways. His soul stirred and reminded him that love was unselfish and did not act with ulterior motives. His demon growled and stamped it down, but then grudgingly had to admit that the soul was right. Can't win Buffy if she thinks I'm doing it to get in good with her. The soul gave a victory cheer and he scowled. Shut up, you. No wonder Peach has spent ninety years eating rats and brooding like a poof. This whole bloody soul thing is like having Jiminy Cricket living in your bloody head. Still, at least being back in time had given him something to focus on, aside from all the killing and maiming he'd done. While he had come a long way in assimilating his new soul during his convalescence in the African cave, he knew that he still had a great deal further to go before he would be fully reconciled with his new addition. Concentrating on the task at hand helped him set aside the nightmare that was his bloody past, but he hadn't tried to sleep yet. Wonder how Harm would react to a screaming lunatic in her bed. Temptation to... Eh, maybe we should read two chapters. Not today. Um, this episode has gotten quite long. Wow, we went over an hour for the first time. All right, my friends. That's everything. I hope you're enjoying um, the fanfic as much as I am. I hope you got something out of the pudding brain. Uh, have a great week. If you're doing this goal thing with me, just make sure you're using them as inspiration and not flogging yourself. You know, be kind, especially to you. See you in a week.